0: Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Tap, spoon, ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Yeah. Good. So, what's the problem? I don't
1: know.
0: I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Son of a bitch. You stole mine. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs>
2: this close to microphone, my voice is going to sound really boomy and bassy.
1: Well, I can fix that in post. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could <laughs> fix it in post. It's easier to know. I have to. Do you want me to turn yours level up more? or?
2: Yeah, I might need it. just. The gain? Because I'm not way. even mm-hmm. really
1: f- that much familiar to how much gain you really need to do. Well, put some trouble in it. Yeah, put
2: some trouble in it. You can see all the levels fails. come into the computer, right? Yeah. yeah. Am I any- anywhere close to clipping? No. So you, you, you probably red. just crank it all the way up. Are we clipping? Hello, hello. You clipping testing, testing. I don't know. I, I'm not a coupon <laughs> guy, I don't, I don't not into that. Brett's got
3: deep pockets, he
2: doesn't. Clip <laughs> as long as there are no red lights turning on or
3: anything, nope, should look fine. Yeah. yeah, should be good. Is a red light bad? Yep, <laughs> I thought red <Redmond> meant go. <laughs> <Reds usually> <laughs>
2: They're gonna
1: start recording over again now. <laughs> what. <laughs> Why do you have to start over? No, I just didn't want that failure to joke to start it off the show. <laughs> you just go for like an that hour. It wasn't, wasn't a joke though. I, I don't
3: know what the joke was. Yeah, I know.
1: Sometimes we just do random conversation to start and if it doesn't work, I cut it off.
3: Yeah. Or just, cut it. just
2: uh just get like an hour worth of jokes and then pick out the best one. There you start go. go.
1: Alright, you guys could be
4: you guys be here at all nine, right? <laughs> just jokes. Jokes all night. All day. <laughs> At one time, I think Brett started talking about pedophilia or something, <laughs> and then Mulder's like, and it was pretty funny, and Mulder's like, I can't put any of this like, oh, That's the
2: perfect way to start it off. That's how you bring in new listeners. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Mulder's over there censoring the us.
3: Yeah, there, didn't we have a really good start to that, and then we got into the pedophilia? Yeah, it got dark, but it was like a funny dark,
4: and then Mulder's like, I can't put any of this
0: in. <laughs> yeah. And he's like,
3: damn, we lost that whole beginning part, because I don't want str- to cut it together. Yeah. And-
1: well, we lost that whole episode because it was just too dark and not funny enough at all.
0: No, that, talking was, about that terrible was your dance. Father's Day. Yeah. yeah. This is different. A different. I
3: think that was like the Jaws episode or something. I think it was. I think it was yeah. the Jaws episode. We yeah. started talking about sharks, and then I got into something on, that we. was way off topic. Yeah. So that's going to be your
1: job to wrangle us in when we start talking about <laughs> pederasses. Uh, I don't know. I'll just fix it in post.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
1: Well, welcome back to WTM Watch This Movie. I'm your host, Eric Mulder. So
4: he says,
3: wrecked him, damn near killed him. Got the new clip.
4: Oh, oh. Jesus. Not fe- No, We you got all. Oh, we, we have more than just two people to vote. Let's put it in a vote. How's that clip? Raise right. your hands for yes. That no yes. hands.
1: On. Oh. oh. <laughs> new guy's sucking up.
0: <laughs> uh, it's not bad. <laughs>
1: Uh, joining me today, we got a full house here. We got Mr. Alex Bicep Jones. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing.
3: Beef jackie time. You want some beef jackie?
1: Also joining us, Wolfie T. What's that's, going on?
3: That's right. Back <laughs> for more.
0: Wolfman's got nuts!
3: Still got him. Yeah. That's what this show is about, new guy. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> oh, I'm just going to be a new guy. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of new guy...
1: You'll that be. is the voice of Jason Neeling. Hello. How's it going? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Jason is a an audio guru. Long time so listener. <laughs> guru might be a little much, First, but uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, compared to me, and I run and edit and do the show. You're, you're leaps and bounds in front of me. So you yeah. can't you can't use guru. That's cultural appropriation. <laughs> 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 Oh, it's gonna be one of those episodes. <laughs> uh, so we don't have a clip, but uh, maybe you just introduce yourself for about ten minutes ten and minutes. take the All floor. Right. All right, so I was born
2: in Minnesota in the eighties. Uh, um Right on. Yeah, I don't know. I have I have some background in audio recording, so uh, you know, I'll contribute in whatever way I can and uh, yeah. I'll I'll find a clip for next time, something funny.
3: There you go. What do you know about movies?
2: Oh yeah, movies. I guess that's. Have you
1: seen movies before? (laughs) I got to interject (laughs) because
3: I can say right when you
1: talked to me that you had heard my podcast uh, or our podcast rather. No, it's yours. (laughs) 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 You were talking about you caught that death proof that John Wayne Kurt Russell line.
2: That was actually a pretty great impression. I was impressed. Oh
1: well. (laughs) It's kind of a, it's a bad impression of a bad impression Yeah, from Kurt Russell. Although his wasn't so bad, but mm-hmm. regardless, I was like, well, this guy likes Tarantino a lot, so he's going to get I along do. with all of us. And you were talking about, you like David Lynch a lot, so. I love David Lynch. I think that gets David you on Tarantino. the show. Cool. Yeah. Any other favorites? Favorite movies? Uh, well, you can I mean, do favorite movies any. if you
4: want, or just directors. Doesn't Mike, matter. Michael Bay. Uh, I like Darren
2: Aronofsky <laughs> a lot. Okay. Me too. Pie, Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. In general, to be honest, I like a lot of sentimental movies. Oh, yeah? kind of my favorites. like. Uh,
4: happiness. <laughs>
2: happiness. <laughs> Didn't see that. You've never seen that. you I don't
1: know. If I'm you've seen like, Happiness,
2: you'd, you'd know. <laughs> um, one of my favorites is uh, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind.
4: Okay. That's a good one. Uh, Garden yeah.
2: State. Was a good one. Yeah, I've never seen *Garden
1: State*. Mm. Oh man.
2: No, I've seen it seen many it. times. People rave about it, though. Yeah, I oh, lost Zach in Raff. translation.
1: Okay, just those ones one. that have kind of a certain mood to them, you know. So like the exact opposite of the David Lynch movies
0: <laughs> <laughs> for <laughs> I sentimental. Guess, uh,
2: you know, I no. you know, like a lot of different types of movies, but uh, yeah, the sentimental ones, you know, hit me in a, a certain soft spotter something <laughs> but right. uh but yeah i love david lynch like yeah tarantino anything out of the ordinary basically okay. uh did you guys see the lobster
4: oh yeah yeah i haven't yet but love that. good things love the lobster yeah <laughs> yeah you he never is. saw it did you No, i no, have see not it? seen it that was on my what our best movies of the past year list was that on your list oh yeah lobster is okay. top 10
0: I That's fucking love one. The Lobster. Yeah, man. Oh, you betcha, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I'll watch anything where people walk out of the theater and be like, that movie was fucking weird. Yeah. If I hear anybody say that, I will see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
1: Sounds good. Nice. Well, yeah, you can, uh, I mean, I'm ready to hand over the reins. You can just be producer from now on, but uh, we'll work out the details off yeah. air. Yeah. We don't need any more on-air production meetings. But yeah, maybe you'll hear a lot more of Jason in the coming episodes. Bodies by Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, he, might I'm be, uh, that. he might be. He might be wrangling <laughs> us. Yeah. He might fulfill the host duties too. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see, see. We'll yeah, start we'll, out we'll with see what happens. Technical stuff and yeah. see where it goes. All right. Well, I guess we should talk about some film news. You were talking about Aronofsky just now. Mm. Um, him and Jennifer Lawrence are no more. They're done. About after about a year.
0: She was complaining about record. how
1: much he wouldn't stop talking about his movie Mother while they're, like, promoting it after they're done with the movie. She's like, oh, he would not stop talking about the fucking movie. I heard, <laughs> I heard about that. <laughs> you like, read reviews. Like, did you see this review? And you read it to her. She's <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking anybody, for Jennifer seen, Lawrence.
4: Have you seen Mother? Yeah. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. You've seen it? Mm-mm. No? Is it good?
1: Yeah, it's very good. Is it um, worried? What do you.
4: How do you Didn't stack you hear it the up? episode like,
3: where we talked about this already? You no, I'm, to that not. One? <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm an infrequent
1: listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had given it a soonish. It was a caveat because I was not going to. I'm not going to revisit it that often. Like, I'm going to buy it, but it's not a pleasurable movie to get through. Like, I have all of Aronofsky's films, but I like at least three or four more than Mother. Does it make you. Because it's kind of a play off of uh
4: rosemary's baby right a little bit a little bit inspired maybe. i guess i haven't seen rosemary's baby right, i was gonna ask you know, to that break a rule fucking petter ass <laughs> rosemary's baby doesn't make you want to see rosemary's baby
1: maybe because i mean after all this news that's you know been popping up all the sexual harassment stuff i did might just have to rethink everything and just let everyone in just assume everybody's
4: yeah. harassing so yeah.
3: Either that or you just stop That's watching movies.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, it seems like it's getting to that point. You guys yep.
4: heard about Garrison Keillor? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like it's insane. Fuck, we did a Prairie Home Companion episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like, oh god! Every time you think that somebody is immune from this whole sexual thing, yeah, their name pops up. Yeah, so, somebody's grabbing ass.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like Literally, dur- yeah. dur- during photos,
4: they're yeah. <laughs> whipping their dick out. What's that all about? <laughs>
0: Louis? Oh, we had a, we uh, had, that's like Louis. We talked about that like Matt half a year
4: ago. Uh, There was a few other people that it was like, yeah, he just like showed me his dick. <laughs>
3: like, huh? Like, I was like, as a joke? Or? What, what I thought was funny was Louis C.K. got in trouble for jacking off in front of girls without asking. And then he got in trouble for asking if he can jack off in front of girls. Like, both of them are sexual harassment. How's this guy going to jack off in front of girls if if he can't do it without asking, and he can't ask about it? Sounds like a real problem. It's a (laughs) (laughs) catch-22.
1: Real Sophie's Choice. (laughs) of Poor decisions. All right. um, What news do you guys want to talk about? I don't have anything specific because this is going to be a jam-packed episode. Because we're putting a top five on the tail end of this, because um, I'm going to talk about Justice League, and that's kind of recent news. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in the news because it's yeah. a big movie right now, but not we, as big as it should have been.
4: I did hear part of the episode where you guys talked uh, about the costume criticism. Of like, oh, uh, for yeah. Amazon women, mm-hmm. yeah. a little bit, and then the it cut out, and I never went back to the episode. <laughs> I uh, just kind of died. <laughs> I heard Brett. Die. I heard you guys didn't care. What? You didn't see any issue with the Amazon women costumes? It wasn't. Well, big no. I said enough.
1: I could see their their point, yeah. but I was just like the one. The costumes in Wonder Woman weren't exactly modest. Yeah, yeah. The, the tight leather. It's like it went from a one piece to showing midriff. It's like who fuck cares? It was, it was a bit of an overreaction. It's still form like fitting see. their breasts and their buttocks
0: and well, I
1: suppose they have a skirt, so it doesn't really form yeah. their buttocks. But yeah. Jason, what say you?
2: Uh, I mean, are they are they really going that much further than like comic books? You know. Yeah, the I don't know. Like they're putting giant boobs on those. That's yeah. what that's what I said. Like <laughs>
3: if it's based on a comic book, and that's what's in the comic book. Yeah. Why are you so mad that they're basing it on what <laughs> the source material is? Yeah,
1: I don't know. I guess I haven't re- looked at any panels in Wonder Woman to see what the Amazonian women. Look I haven't like. either. But
2: I, I assume they're big chested. I mean, I've never seen any comic book women that aren't, basically. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they
1: changed them to, like, bikinis more than the, like, a One Piece was in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Did you okay. see Wonder Woman?
2: You know, I actually haven't seen Wonder Woman. Okay. I'm kind of not a big fan of superhero movies in general. Okay. Good. Need that on the
1: show. Well, I already fill that role, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few that Although you Although there, Although
3: there. there's two, some exceptions
1: for me. Yeah, you probably like Guardians more than anyone here. It's very good.
3: It is. The first the galaxy? Mm-hmm. Did you like the second one? Oh, Both good. of
4: them were good, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. I didn't see the second one.
4: The yeah. first one was... Oh, they're great.
2: It was a good movie, but I don't know. My problem with superhero movies is they all seem more or less... I mean, they have the same template, and I guess that's kind of just part of the whole superhero thing, but, you know, I mean, you know that... Nobody important is gonna die. Like it doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. like there's any real risk or anything. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're entertaining cool. to watch if you're into. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Except
4: the, except the Watchmen.
3: Watchmen well, was superhero movie. Yeah. What well, 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 did that's you, that's you see? Batman versus Superman.
2: Nope.
3: Well. Spoiler alert! <laughs> somebody important dies in that one. <laughs>
2: okay. Uh, I don't know. I've been intentionally avoiding superhero movies for years
4: now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are you yeah. the Christopher Nolan ones?
2: Batman ones? Uh, yeah. Okay. So Christopher Nolan, his first one was Dark Knight. Batman Begins. Batman Begins. But I
4: mean, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. At we least...
2: Dark Dark Knight was amazing like yep. and that was you know the beginning of the new generation of superhero movies mm-hmm. kind of I like you know the darkness in that one mm-hmm. uh but since then I don't know I feel like there hasn't been a lot of uh you know new ideas new anything injected into that Did genre. you see Deadpool? Yeah. I like Deadpool as a comedy, you know. Yeah. That that had something new for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, speaking of superhero movies. Let's just get right into what have we seen lately? What did you Do see, it? Clarice? What I'll go first. I'll start out with Justice League. And you can Sick. you can hop on
3: this, Jones. I will be hopping it. on that. Start I'll I'll stay <laughs> over, I'll stay over here. I'll let you guys hop on each other. Are you can <laughs> hop in on this over there. All right. Justice League. Sick. <laughs> From 2017. <laughs>
1: Directed by Zack Snyder
3: and Joss Whedon a little bit.
1: Um, Starring Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Ray Fisher, Jeremy Irons, Irons. Diane Lane, Connie Nielsen, J.K. Simmons. That's about it. Amber Heard as Mara. Little. Well, she was just kind of flashed by the screen pretty much. Anyways, uh, storyline... Fueled by his restored faith in humanity inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newfound ally, Diana Prince to face an even greater enemy. I will say that this is a WTM last resort. And let's revisit what the rating system means here. So ASAP's the best, Soonish is next, then eventually, then last resort, then never. And if eventually or above... That's a stamp of approval. If it's in theaters now, go out and see it. You know, just if I said this was eventually, I would recommend that you see it in the theater. Um, still, maybe recommend to see in the theater. I yeah, don't know maybe. if you want it's. I guess if you're, I mean if you're into that stuff, yeah, you're gonna like it. But I'm calling it uh, watch this movie Last Resort because a couple of things. One of the problems I think is. I think it's finally happening where you know movies has always been a cyclic in nature. And I think we're coming to the end, or at least we can start to see the end of comic book movies being huge tentpoles. I mean, Avengers, the next two Avengers movies, they're still going to do gangbusters and do well. But I think about five years, it's going to start nosediving. And especially since they announced that those are like after Avengers 4, those characters are going to be done. Or at least those actors in those characters' roles are going to be done. Just saying goodbye to all those people. So they got to start off from scratch, pretty much.
3: But uh, they can do another Spider-Man origin story. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Um, with Justice League, I felt that, I mean, you could tell that more than one person was working on it when they brought in Joss Whedon after Zack Snyder's you know daughter committed suicide. Um, you can tell it was a little disjointed. Some of the critics talked about you know, it was a bit clunky with the plot, things like that. I could see that. I would say that this movie is too short. It's an hour and 58 minute runtime, and it seemed like it was running or it was missing about 15 minutes. Where you could get, because I thought the best parts of it were like Ezra Miller, I really liked him as The Flash, I thought he was funny. Um, I guess I like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Fisher Cyborg, but you didn't really get a chance to learn more about those characters so much. Apparently, there was a lot of Aquaman stuff that was cut out um, due to the studio demanding that it be under two hours. And you could tell they went way too hard with trying to copy Marvel movies. And that's kind of why I liked at least the DC movies at all, is because they're darker, they're different. Um, you know, too many people bitched about that, so they tried to just make it all fun and. You know it's a, a lot of CGI action, which is it's the same fucking thing in all the Marvel movies. But you know nobody bitches about that. But this one it was it was missing something. Um, I'll probably still buy it, but I don't know. It was just you know he didn't really he didn't really care as much because you know like you talked about Jason. You know there isn't really any stakes. And I always think about that and while I'm watching the Marvel movies, like I know nobody's gonna fucking die. But I don't know. I think it was missing. I think they should have stayed dark with it and just kept on doing what they were doing. You know, a lot of people didn't like Batman v Superman because of that, but I think they would have stayed the course, it would have been better. At least they would have set up their own kind of story thing and not copying somebody else. Because it was like, I think they're too late to the game to copy Marvel. Mm-hmm. and It just seemed like I was watching a crappier version of the first Avengers movie.
4: Yeah, so. I mean, Ezra Miller was essentially Spider-Man. Like the annoying young guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I fell asleep during it a couple times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a last resort. Wait, you saw it at Cinerama? Cinerama in Seattle. will explain that a little bit. Uh, So I went to Seattle. Seattle has about, I counted six, different types of movie theaters in their downtown area. Hmm. Fucking shitloads. Seemed like you turned a block and there's another movie theater. But I had read up on, you know, Cinerama's. And we wanted to go check out the one there, and the only movie they were playing was Justice League. And we weren't going to go, and then we were like, well, fuck it, we'll go to the 11 o'clock show. Like, we weren't weren't tired or anything like that, so we went to it. Um, I fell asleep a couple times. It just, it's kind of boring. And uh, I would say it's a last resort if you're into superhero movies. Mm -hmm. If you're not into superhero movies, it's a for sure never. It's Mm -hmm. not that good. Yeah. Um. it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. But there was certain elements where I was like, <clears> they <throat> remind me of Suicide Squad. I remember Jason Momoa's character at one point. For some reason, he comes into the bar and he like chugs a bottle of alcohol and then walks out. And they played the White Stripes, <laughs> Icky Thump. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going <laughs> <laughs> on? I was like sitting there. I was like, what is what's going on exactly at this point in the story? And then he like. Dove into the water and then like met up with the sea people. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zack Snyder did that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, I actually left the theater going, I appreciate the runtime because I'm <laughs> tired of sitting through Avengers movies that are two and a half hours long. Yeah, that's too fucking long for a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not some groundbreaking, amazing story that I'm on the edge of my seat now. They're just fighting the last 45 minutes, anyways. So mm-hmm. it's like. Then I have to sit through the credits and see the missing scene, and I don't want to do that.
1: I actually liked, I enjoyed the missing, or the, there's two post-credit sequence. There's the mid-credits scene with yep. uh, the race between Superman and Flash, which I didn't give a shit because they didn't show it. It was just like, this would be a fun joke. I <laughs> yeah, mean, it right. happens in the comics a lot, apparently, but, yep. I have, you know, I don't fucking care. Um, but the scene at the very end of the credits, I actually like, hey, this is like, well, it just seemed like a, like a Marvel post credit sequence, but... Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, at least that's something to look forward to if I was going to look forward to the next one.
2: Sorry, who who was the race between The Flash and who?
1: Superman. Superman.
2: That's kind of a crazy coincidence. I've been getting into Lost lately. I'd never started watching that until Mm -hmm. recently, and I just watched an episode where two of the characters are arguing about which one would win, The Flash or Superman. (laughs) It's kind of crazy.
1: (laughs) I fucking love Lost. I watched the entire series in 11 days.
2: <laughs> wow, that's that's impressive. I started watching it maybe like a couple months ago, and I'm mm-hmm. just in the middle of season three.
1: Yeah, I didn't do a lot for those two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I never
4: finished it. I oh, consider I yourself lucky. I forget. I forget how far I got. Those those I last, really liked it, and then for some reason I fell off the last couple seasons. Those last two and a half seasons were rough. Oh I have my been God. curious how it ends. I get. A, I've heard how it ends, but I'm like, do they
3: yeah. start time traveling yet?
2: Uh, sort of. The well, Des, the Desmond <laughs> guy fucking ruined it. If they yeah. haven't. I'm glad I've gotten past that point because I freaking hate spoilers. Yeah. But. <laughs> But yeah, Desmond. Uh, well, it was like around you know, season three. Yeah, he's like seeing the past, and there was some little flashback. Yeah, once something. they
3: start getting to that, they lost me. I'm yeah. like, this sucks. But I, I stuck it out, and I watched every episode.
2: Yeah, uh, there, there were many times when I thought about quitting. I've been having arguments with my dad because he watched the entire series before I started it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you know turned me onto it. But. I have a, I have a lot of complaints about the writing and just how it keeps stringing you along and like mm-hmm. just barely giving you enough to keep you watching it. You know, mm-hmm. like it never actually satisfies you. But
4: works. <laughs> yeah. But I watched yeah. it. So, it was the same thing. I don't know how far at the time that I watched it. I borrowed all the existing seasons at the time because it was still going on on TV uh, from my sister, and I fucking pounded through all those because it was the same thing. It was like. God damn it. Now I need to stay up another hour. Because <laughs> they, they, you know, a little cliffhanger there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lost. Lost. Fuck. I got to
0: keep going. Yeah, I don't know.
2: I wasn't even really hooked until, like, the second season maybe. Like, And maybe it was just because I had heard so much about oh, that, it. You that know? first season cliffhanger is,
1: I think it's the best cliffhanger I've ever seen. What's in the hatch? Yeah. They find okay, the hatch yeah. at the end of the first season. I was like, yeah, that's fucking good. And then,
2: yeah, (laughs) (laughs) so that that was cool. But what really hooked me was the very beginning of season two when they actually show you what's in your hatch. And you're Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? They have like a (laughs) brand new washer and dryer down there? Where the (laughs) fuck did those come from? But yeah, I mean, reading that like the pilot was like the most watched episode of anything ever. Mm -hmm. Like, and again, it was probably just because I kind of knew already what the show was about, but it didn't, it didn't hit me.
1: Yeah,
4: you know no.
2: but. anyway, that kind of got us off track there. But.
3: but
1: well, when you're done, I got a book, Lost and Philosophy. How well, they relate? Mm. I've not read it, but uh, you can take a gander.
3: That's interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right,
0: back on topic.
1: Should so, we talk about movies now. Or? Yeah, Justice League. That's a WTM last resort.
3: Brett, what or do you worse? got? Uh Let's go with uh, from 2017. T2 train spotting. Ooh. Ew.
0: Ooh. I haven't seen
3: that. Uh, after 20 years abroad, Mark Renton returns to Scot to Scotland and reunites with his old friends Sick Boy, Spud, and Bigby. Uh let's see. Starring Ewan McGregor. Oh, these are all out order now. Uh Ewan McGregor, Ewan uh, Bremer, Johnny Lee Miller, Robert Carlyle. Uh, directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, WTM eventually on this one. Uh, you definitely want to see the first train spotting first, because <laughs> uh, they call back to. It's not T one. It's just <laughs> called train spotting.
2: Isn't T one Terminator one? No. T yeah. no,
3: yeah. two is T two is tra- Terminator two. That's why it's always <laughs> fucking confusing when they when they call this one T two.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I hated that. Seemed like a trendy way to get people to watch Train Spotting too. It didn't make any <laughs> for sense for some reason. Like, like, I, like I love the first Train Spotting, but I was like, "Why are they calling it T two? Is that like a
3: train reference? Yeah. Like I don't know, I don't understand that." It. But it's it's pretty good, you know. It's not as good as the first one. It's, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be made because it's twenty years later. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, "Hey, let's you know, let's get people the game are back together." For that T two.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not.
3: So. Obviously, if you've seen the first one, you like the first one. You'll probably like this one. It's not as intense uh, as the first one, obviously. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty good. When was this in theaters? Uh, earlier this year. Yeah, over oh, to the oh, summer, I think. Yeah, it was, it was okay. yeah. kind of a weak
4: marketing yep. of it, a little. Like, I didn't no. when it was even out. I kept forgetting it was well, it's in it's a theaters. foreign film, dude. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's Scottish, yeah. I guess Danny um, Boyle's British. Yeah. yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. And Ford it's Phillips. set in Scotland <laughs>
3: with a bunch of Scottish ac- <laughs> actors. Um he did Slumdog though. Yeah. But yeah, he's, uh, he's a famous director, yeah, but But yeah, I mean it's good stuff, uh not as good as the original uh but I'd say eventually, especially if you like the first one. So, so T2 not as good as T1. <laughs> T2.
1: <laughs> yes. Judgment Day. Yes. Um, we can put you on the spot. You don't have to say anything, Jason. You have a movie you watched just recently. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's new or old.
2: I think the last movie I saw was Blade Runner. The, new, the one. new one. Yeah. Okay. Did you probably did an episode on that, right?
1: Yeah, I've uh, oh, I've reviewed it on a, one of our prior episodes. I gave it a soonish, knocking on the doorstep of an ASAP.
2: Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I thought well, so caveat, I did not see. The original Blade Runner.
1: You still haven't seen I it. I still
2: haven't seen it. I feel Ooh. kind of bad about that. Hey. I know there are some real, like classic movies that I unfortunately have not seen yet. Uh, well, just like
1: the concept of watching the second one like in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't know how you deal with Harrison Ford, like <laughs> throughout. <the laughs> oh <home>. man.
2: Okay. <laughs> so I have to mention his girlfriend, right? That's supposed to be from the future, but she looks like like there's no one. In the history of the world, that looked more '80s-ish than that woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Enormous shoulder pads. Yep. Super dark. She wears lipstick the same thing stuff. in the first one. Yeah. Well, Sean yeah, I, I figured they just pulled her out of that movie, but. Do
1: you know yeah. who Sean Young is? No. She is the. Uh, you seen Ace Ventura: Pet Detective? A long time ago, yeah. She is Lieutenant Einhorn.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. They they
4: had She's, that costume in the Cinerama what? lobby. Einhorn. <laughs>
0: The big shoulder Oh, pad. blade runner. Oh, the blade yep. runner. Yep. That was pretty nice. cool. Yeah. She I
1: mean, was in a lot of stuff in the eighties and yeah. uh she was famous out of for, her mind. Yeah, she was famous for having some mental issues. Oh. Uh famously she really wanted the Well, she used to be a man.
3: She's, <laughs> she's an NFL Ray Finkel. kicker. <laughs> Let's not get too political on this.
4: You know. She's an NFL kicker. <laughs> <laughs> From Collier County, and then Florida. She became a cop. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, in the it for Dan Marino. I, got I was pretty
4: young
2: time. when I first saw that movie and I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are
1: they? He turned her around. What are they looking at? Her underwear? Why are they I mean, looking at somebody else's nuts? Is that hemorrhoids <laughs> is that? in her underwear? <laughs> what is yeah. that? Yeah. No. I used to think it was hemorrhoids in her underwear. <laughs> That's I what, what that I thought, was. too. <laughs> it's like, what is that? <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. She uh, famously... Uh, she really wanted Catwoman and Batman Returns. And so she showed up to Tim Burton's house in a Catwoman costume. Uh-huh. Like, was kind of being method, like in his house. Wow. Yeah. Just, like, kind of demanding it. But that's. Uh, he goes, I'm Tim Burton and you're weird. She had a lot of. <laughs> she had a, that's saying something. Yeah. She had a lot of problems with co stars and, like, directors, things like that. Although she was in the news recently for, I think she accused somebody of some sort of assault. But it was multiple movies. There was lawsuits, people suing her, her suing other people. Did she ever get diagnosed?
3: I think she was diagnosed like officially. with. something? I think it was bipolar. Okay. Don't, that makes sense. Don't quote me on that, but. Wow. I was thinking, you know, schizophrenic or, or maybe bipolar. Yeah, it was something. But, okay, continue.
2: Well, yeah, so, I mean, that made sense, you know. Uh, I realized that it was from the first movie. It just kind of took me out of it for a second seeing her, you know. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I really liked that movie. I liked the, uh, you know, the futuristic world, how they kind of, I liked, I think those are my favorite parts of the movie where they're bringing you into that world and showing you like, this is what the future could look like, you know, mm-hmm. we're flying through this, that, that city like reminded me of, have you ever seen those pictures of these Chinese cities from above where it's just like the buildings are packed so close together mm-hmm. there's just like these tiny alleyways between them. And, like, you can't see the ground anywhere. It reminded me of that. And then they have the giant Coca-Cola sign, which I thought was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. And then. Because um, the first one.
4: no, yeah.
0: no. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then, uh, you know, the holograms everywhere. And, oh I just, I, I, like, I liked that idea of, uh, you know, this is what the future could look like. And then I also liked uh, Joy, that idea that, you know, there, it's like an artificial girlfriend to keep these people happy. Mm-hmm. have you guys seen black mirror
1: no mm-hmm. heard it that's no. on
2: netflix right yeah it was yeah. originally on uh, bbc i believe and then netflix took it over like last year that show is freaking amazing <laughs> you guys have mm-hmm. to watch it mm-hmm. I forget it's, things it's kind of the same kind of idea where they take in black mirror they take a piece of technology in each episode and then they like extrapolate into the future and like where is this technology going to bring us as a society you know Mm -hmm. so there was one episode where basically they have these soldiers and they have like implants in their brains so that they the government can make them see what they want them to see so they will attack people thinking that they're like monsters when they're actually just other humans stuff like that and then like at the end of the episode they show that the soldiers are going to home to this house and to them it looks like you know this beautiful house with a you know they have their loving wife waiting for them and stuff mm-hmm. but then you see that it's actually just this run down piece of crap and they don't have a wife it's all just like stuck in their heads to make them okay with life mm. <laughs> you know so that there are a lot of parallels between that and blade runner I that's i like those kinds of ideas
4: See video drone no. Oh. Should watch Video Drone then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should. <clears throat> All right. Well, <clears throat> don't I get to
4: say so, a movie?
3: So does Jones what? get a movie or does he? Oh, Well, uh, yeah, he piled on yours, didn't he? God damn. Yeah. You you already rated a movie. You, you kind of get two now that I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Soup's jelly.
4: <laughs> this is a must. I got to talk about it. All
3: right. Let's do it.
4: So I saw Coco. Okay. <laughs> so Coco, an aspiring musician Miguel, confronted with his family's ancestral ban on music, enters the land of the dead to work out the mystery. But wait, what year did
1: this come out?
3: This year. Yeah, That's no, brand,
1: it's brand new. 2017. It's brand new. He's got an, incest, an
3: ancestral <laughs> ban on music? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What's he, Mexican? So is this a remake of Footless? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> The Pixar version of Fuggles. <laughs> I didn't know the Mexicans hated music that much. I thought they liked it. Not the
4: Mexicans. Miguel's family. Aren't they Mexican? <laughs> well, just one family doesn't like music. <laughs> so uh, one Mexican family doesn't like music.
3: Okay.
4: Uh, Miguel's pretty sweet. Or uh, Coco's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel's okay. He's Wait, who's Coco? Up. Coco's the grandma. So Coco, the family doesn't like music because... The dad ran out to be a musician on the family, and then you later find out that wasn't the case. So for years they think that uh, he chose music over the family, therefore, like, it's a great-grandma. So then the generations after aren't allowed to play music and stuff. Uh, Coco's pretty sweet. I would give it a—eventually, I'll say— mm-hmm. uh, it is probably the best Pixar. I think Pixar did this one. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. probably the best Pixar movie I've seen in a long time. Sam's a big. My wife's a big fan of Pixar and animated movies, so I always get to watch them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> His wife's name is Sam, so Sam Jones. You know who Sam Jones is?
2: Uh, no.
1: Flash Gordon. Yeah, he was. Play, play the clip again, <laughs> and
3: maybe he could guess it.
1: So a lot of times when he brings up his wife, I'll just play that. Yeah, take that. Take that on these notes, <laughs> producer Jason. They're all, they're all PJ, up
2: here soaking it in. So is Coco alive during this whole movie? She's like you said, great grandma.
4: Yeah, I think it's great, great grandma. Well, so
2: they have like five generations in this movie? But he goes yeah. to the land yeah. of the yeah. dead. Alive, he goes to the land
4: of the dead. So how it all oh, works okay. is he he wants to play music. His family doesn't want him to. And then he realizes, oh, there's a contest and he's got to play music for the city type thing. So then he goes to the cemetery and I forget there's a famous musician who who died. must be super famous, uh, who has a big monument in the cemetery and everybody's getting ready for the land, uh, you know, for the Day of the Dead. Uh, They're getting ready for it. And then he breaks in and he steals the guitar and he plays one string and it sends him into the land of the dead, which essentially is just, like, ghosts all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he can see the ghosts and now no longer can see humans, can't see him. Uh, and then he goes into, like, their city, the land of the dead, and has to, like, play music and then find out. He needs somebody in his family to send him back. But mm-hmm. the ancestors that he runs into there agree he shouldn't be playing music, so he goes to find the famous musician in his family who ran out on them and to say, like, send me back. Because the other family members are like, we'll send you back if you promise never to play music again. Hmm. So he's like, can't do it. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, it's not heavy on music. as uh, singing, I would say, which I appreciate. Some of the Pixar, mm-hmm. those movies, they can it's constant song after song. Yeah. Frozen had a little mini-movie before this. It They it, it pretty much sang the whole goddamn time. And I was just sitting there in the theater like, this is like 30 minutes. It's <laughs> like, Jesus. Uh, but it wasn't too bad. It was pretty good, I would say. Is Ooh. it like
3: that movie that came out a couple of years ago? Was it The Book of the Dead? Is that what the the uh, guy that yeah. uses the <laughs> Surface laptop to draw his movies? <laughs> is it the same guy? Because it looks no, really I, similar. I
4: it could be, I guess. Either that or Pixar ripped him off. Ice Cube's in that one. Is he? Yeah. Love that Ice one. Cube. Sam watched that one and I caught a little bit of it and I was like, there's
3: some parts I was like, it's not bad. Big fan of Ice Cube. The so, Big Three League? You like that? <laughs> <laughs> I heard Alan Iverson <laughs> got suspended for not showing up to games. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> not Did, practice. What were you going to say? So
2: most of the characters in this movie are ghosts?
4: Uh, yeah, I guess he spends most of the time in the Land of the Dead.
2: So are we talking like Casper, the friendly ghost, where they have little tails and they're floating around and they're transparent, or do they look human or what? No,
3: so picture, uh, are they really ghosts, though, if it's the land of the dead? Maybe he's like a ghost because he's still alive. That's a good point. What? It's the land of the dead. Like, are they really ghosts if they're in the land of the dead? Yes, because the whole point is, in the land of the dead, so when they're
4: getting ready for Dios de Muertos, whatever. Dia de uh, los Muertos. When they're getting ready Muertos? for it, they're putting pictures out of family members. Mm-hmm. And the people get to remain alive in the land of the dead if people remember them. So they tell stories and stuff. And so this kid's family, they had ripped the famous musician's pictures. So you can still no longer see his face. So in the land of the dead, he can't get through to the cemetery to like see what gifts they've left for him and stuff like that because he's being forgotten. Okay. And as years pass, if you're continuously forgotten, nothing's passed on, then you die. You just disintegrate, essentially, because it happens to somebody in
2: there. Oh, and that's like the end, huh? Yeah. So this
4: isn't like a Christian movie or anything no. where they go to this happy <laughs> land. And no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, but it's, it, they're not ghosts. I would say they're, they look more like skeletons. So oh, you've so. seen kind of uh, Day of the Dead type art and stuff like that at all? Yeah, and The yeah. skeleton face drawings and the flowers and stuff. Yeah, totally. Picture that just animated. Okay. So it's actually pretty cool. The graphics are really cool. Yeah. Uh, they do a good job of kind of creating the city and land and stuff like that. So it was pretty solid. And I'm not always on board with animated movies. Did they shoehorn any fluffy.
3: luchadors in there? <laughs> any what? Any luchadors. I don't know. Any <laughs> Any masked Mexican wrestlers?
0: <laughs>
4: I think there actually is one.
3: Well, there's kids wearing of course they do. Of course they do. <laughs> well, how can you tell? They might just be minis. They could. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There are a lot of mini wrestlers in Mexico. Mini? As in, like, little people? Yeah.
1: They call them minis now? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I mean that's the next step because <laughs> yeah. in about
1: two years, little people is going to be offensive. So we have to figure out something else to, you know, with some other words to use. But I think mini would, you know, lead you down the same path. Well,
3: it's the just the wrestlers are called minis. Oh, really? Like in WWE, they're like bring they out the minis. So, so they Molder, don't
1: have
4: minis. In so w- Molder's w- taking it too far. <laughs> they <laughs> don't have saying. minis in
3: WWE. What? Mulder's trying know. to imply that It's
4: offensive to, and it's not Mulder's trying to bring stuff into No this.
1: I was just curious <laughs> They like brought it in <laughs> Alright
4: I think that one episode where we got Mulder Me and you were telling saying how he's being racist you I, got, yeah, you, I think I, he cut that out He cut that too Like he didn't get it He wasn't being happy <laughs> Yeah like
1: said, it wasn't really I guess that
3: wasn't paying attention was, Yeah that was that episode wasn't <laughs> it yeah.
1: It was the same one All right, pedophiles, let's get to it. Um, So, I think they'll about do it for the news and recently seen. Let's get into our top five list. And we are doing top five movies to be thankful for. And um, the reason we are thankful is because they either affected our life in some way or our movie life, maybe affected how we saw or... I guess perceived movies is that kind of the kind of the parameters you guys set up for your list. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jason? I don't know. <laughs> no, Jason was not given a heads up for this.
2: Uh well, like you mentioned it at work. Yeah. So I, I well, you could it But it was like yesterday it. when could I mentioned You r- <laughs> probably Yeah, but you could rattle some off. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I went through I actually went through my DVDs and like picked out my, you know, okay. favorite movies of all time. We're talking all time, not like last yeah, year. Yeah, all right? time. Okay. So these
4: aren't like my favorite movies of all time. Nope
3: right okay nope this is mo- well I i'm i hope- not putting that stamp on <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe yeah. a couple but yeah that is well some of your favorite movies might be on the list though these might could have be.
4: led to some of my favorite movies i'll say that could have maybe
1: all right um do you have like in your head do you have like a top do you have them in order like five uh, or is it we can like do our thing and then at the end if you didn't have them in order you no, just, just talk it about off. them it doesn't
2: have to yeah be i order. didn't really put yeah. any in order i didn't even pick out like five specifically i'll have to do that right now but you know i just have a list of ones that i've kept okay. with me for you know 15 years
1: or whatever but it, it is it's called top five it's top so, five. Okay. Well,
2: I'll pick out. <laughs> I'll pick out five. I can. That shouldn't be too hard.
1: That's fine. Uh, who wants to start this? You guys want me to go? What do you guys want to start? Or should we just go in a circle, from me over to Jaybird? Do you want to like? J- I mean, Jaybird. How, how J- <laughs> do you like Jaybird or JP better?
2: So it was PJ. I can't choose my own nickname. PJ. Come on, yeah, that's huh? right. I can't choose my own
4: nickname. That's not. Uh, but nice. out of the two, do you like PJ or Jaybird better? I feel like Mulder's gonna start rattling off a lot of <laughs> nicknames for you, so we got to start eliminating them. Right.
1: Buckshot approach. I'm all just gonna right. keep firing
3: until I hit something.
4: Sure. Between those two, uh, I like TJ. All okay. right.
3: Well, Jaybird. I mean, have you been to jail? So I thought we could play that Do the I have sitter to line. That? No. <laughs> Jones. I thought we could
1: play that sitter line for. Call me Jaybird. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good.
4: <laughs> but all right. Um, we already agreed on bodies by Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Are we? So are we
1: starting at number
2: five?
1: Yep. And yeah. And
2: are we? Are we doing a lot of commentary on each
3: of these?
1: Not too much. Just. Do we have why to? Why it placed? Do we have where to read like the a
3: synopsis or anything like that?
1: No, yeah. I have the years, but you don't need to do the director and the synopsis, um, like we usually do on. Maybe if Minnesota. it's obscure
4: as shit. Okay. I mean, you don't have yeah. to do it formally, but give a little back. But if you say like Pulp Fiction, well, I'm not. What's you know, don't that? Need to do that.
3: Yeah. What is that? all right let's
1: kick it off at my number five we're going back to 1971 with wake in fright i think i mentioned it on the wake in fright episode how much i enjoyed like this experience watching it in the theater uh when i saw it there there there's only like five six other people in the theater tops uh, it was at Edina, because it was during the re-release of this film. Came out in '71. It was at Cannes in '71, and then after a while, it was thought to be lost. There was no prints anyone had anywhere, and then they found one, like in a bin marked like for destruction. In I think it was in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, um, and they were able to restore it, and it got re-released, and they brought it back to Cannes in like a anniversary type. Like they picked a certain number of older movies that were previously at Cannes, or had just missed out going to Cannes, and the reshawed it there and scorsese was a big proponent of it it was one of scorsese's favorite films but i can't think of a better just movie going experience that, because i was just completely blown away by the movie in general um and i was just like on the edge of my seat like giddy with excitement i couldn't even describe it it was like i just wanted to like look around and like, why is there nobody else like in here? Like, people should know about this fucking movie, that type of thing, where you get really excited about it. And plus, seeing some of the scenes that they had in there, specifically the kangaroo hunt, it's not that I necessarily like seeing real kangaroos get killed, but it's It's something to see, and especially how they filmed it. It's kind of like how they talk about *Dance with the Bulls with the um, buffalo hunting scene how that's considered some of the best cinematography ever because of how hard it was to get those shots and to set everything up the way that they did with, you know, thousands of buffalo, you know, roaming around everywhere. And the history behind The Kangaroo Hunt is also pretty interesting as well. Tech Copchift the director, who also directed First Blood, he directed Wake and Fright, and because he's a big um, animal lover, uh, I believe he's a vegetarian... He's a big animal rights guy, and this, they used this kangaroo hunt footage because they had licensed hunters hunting the kangaroo because that was, like, a major export at the time. They used it for pet food, and the fur was used for, like, plush toys or stuffed animals. That was, like, the major export, like, kangaroo-wise. Um, but they were able to kind of put a stop in Australia to, I guess, cruelty against kangaroos somewhat and animals in general. But, I mean, you don't fuck with kangaroos because they'll kick your ass. They will eviscerate I mean, you do have to. Some people got to defend themselves against kangaroos because they are fucking dangerous. But regardless, um, that whole movie just kind of blew me away. It was kind of like, how did I have never heard about this movie or heard anybody talk about this movie? Have you heard of this? No. No? It's probably because it was lost for decades. You should give a little little snippet of what the movie is. Um, Well, it's um, an English... Well, I guess it was an English actor, but anyways. A guy in Australia is a teacher at a school, and he's in the outback. Because in Australia at the time, uh, they made it so if you were a new teacher, you had to be posted out in the outback to teach, you know, a rural town of kids for a minimum of, it was a, it was a few years, unless you had $1,000 to buy your way out of it. So it's kind of like forced slavery somewhat for teachers.
3: Hmm. Well, and they were getting paid.
1: They were getting paid, but they had
3: to work in one place.
1: Like we're, you're going here. It's like when you're gonna, get li- you're gonna move there and live there.
3: It's like if you get drafted by the Cleveland Browns.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Kinda, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be there for three years, <laughs> Four. Fifth year option on wow. the first draft. Uh, gross.
1: Anyways, um, and so he's gonna. It's holiday, like Christmas holiday. So he's gonna go to Sydney, Australia, to visit his girlfriend, and he gets sidetracked along the way in this overnight stop in tabunda it's a or sorry Yabunda yaba or the affectionately called the yaba this is another outback town where mm. um he kind of gets stuck there and it turns into a huge like three-day weekend bender of just drinking and killing animals and <laughs> getting into mischief and the it's pretty dark australia style mm-hmm. yeah but it's not it's not really funny okay <laughs> there's there are plenty of funny parts but
4: uh this movie was one of two movies that i went i might quit drinking <laughs> 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 uh this and leaving las vegas i went ah, drinking just looks terrible it's <laughs> probably cut back a little wake bit. and fright <laughs> fucking scared me almost <laughs> oh, <well>, sober <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah a little bit of self-discovery type of movie for the main character but yeah hmm. is that, like that
2: historically accurate the compulsory teaching and outback
0: thing yeah uh,
1: from what i read at least you know for a certain time this came out in the 70s so i'm, just, I'm guessing 60s through at least part of the 70s hmm. you had to go where they put you if you were a teacher <laughs> i mean you chose to be a teacher so but we did an
4: episode on it and uh, when the stuff he read up and I read up too, uh, how if you ever watched the movie, how that town is when it comes to drinking and there's little subtle things about all the men are the only ones drinking and women are outside and just the hardcore lifestyle. A lot of them were minors, so what they would do is they would work all day and then they would drink all night and then party their ass off all weekend and hunt kangaroo and shit. It seems to fairly represent that area at least of Mm -hmm. australia pretty well Um.
1: yeah i read a statistic that in australia at the time for every man woman and child they averaged a consumption of i think it was eight beers a day it was between it was like six or eight it was one of the two six or eight and that's counting every man woman child Hmm. so not all the children Mm -hmm. are drinking yeah so that's how much people are drinking there at the time. A lot of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my number five because it was my best in theater experience. Close second to that was Interstellar because I saw it at the Zoo IMAX, and I would never seen like a more visually stunning film in the theater than Interstellar at the IMAX. But stunning and brave. <laughs> All right, let's go to Jones.
4: What's your five? My number five. 1993, Falling Down. Ooh. Has everybody seen Falling Down? Yep. No. You have? Okay. Good shit. So I'll just read the IMDB instead of trying to sum it up. Uh, An unemployed defense worker frustrated with the various flaws he sees in society begins to psychotically and violently lash out against them. Uh, stars Michael Douglas. He's essentially the guy who goes off the rails. And Robert Duvall is the cop kind of chasing him. And then Barbara Barbara Hersey, I believe, is his wife. I haven't seen in a long time. Um, his ex-wife. Ex-wife, yep. Because the ex-wife and he wants to see his kid. Um, this was the first movie. I saw this movie when I was a kid. My mom showed me this movie. And this is the first anti-hero movie that I fucking loved. So I love movies like Fight Club and where you're kind of raging against society type thing like that. Totally. Um, Or even like There Will Be Blood. We did an episode where we talked about There Will Be Blood, and I tried to argue how... uh, God, I'm blanking on his name now. Main character. Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel. I tried to argue how he was actually a better guy than people made him out to be. This was the first movie as a kid. I watched this several times throughout my youth, and I fucking love Falling Down. Just the sheer thought of... Because he goes off in the movie, he he starts to lose his cool while he's sitting in rush hour traffic, I believe in L.A. Yeah, yeah. and he just fucking loses it. He just, just gets like, out of his car and just walks off. Just <laughs> uh, he beats the shit out of some gangbangers who are hassling him, and he's just like this nerdy defense worker in like a short sleeve. He looks like the dudes from Office Space essentially. Short yeah. sleeve, button up tie glasses well, um, he, he
3: tries to buy a coke at the convenience store and it's 50 cents and he's like that's unacceptable yeah he's not having it and <laughs> it's, a, it's a foreigner a foreign guy is running the <laughs> store and he's like you come to my country you know, yeah. you know, uh, price gouge uh, <laughs> us and
4: <laughs> um it's but yeah it's i'm thankful for it because it was the first anti-hero essentially movie i saw so pretty much it very
3: good my number five, jingle all the way, <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, I remember as a kid seeing uh you know hearing about them shooting it in Minnesota, which was pretty sweet. Uh, it was one of the first locally shot films that I actually like saw in the theater, uh, so it's one of my favorite Christmas movies if it might be my favorite Christmas movie of all time, because <laughs> uh, it's just <laughs> sweet. You know, watching Arnold going around, you know, the Twin Cities, going to the Mall of America and all that stuff. I'm like, I've been Postamania. there. Pasta I know, I've been <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, a lot of great memories from from seeing that in the theater. And, you know, a lot of great lines in there. Uh, and then it was uh, w- one of my favorite episodes that we did here on WTM. Uh, Jingle all the way was a lot of fun. That was a good episode it, that might have been the first one that we did all three of us good maybe been. Yeah. yeah, but it was uh it was a blast and I, I'm thankful for that <laughs> uh when I was in Seattle and I was
4: talking to dude at the office there, he's like, oh, he's like he's like Bloomington, all of America he goes. <laughs> love jingle all the way dude <laughs> i was like you're pretty cool <laughs> he was pretty cool dude i was like i've never heard anybody go
1: oh minnesota minneapolis i'll jingle all the way love, love arnie <laughs> or even like how do you leave from mall of america to like i get i know that's in the movie but yeah. well this
4: dude says that he travels he comes here to visit the offices here and he goes Fuck, he goes, bloomington that's because i told him where i live and he's like it's so boring he goes but you got mall of america <laughs> Jingle all the way he
3: knows my name <laughs> oh only drawback is malder didn't get the the right jamie clip <laughs> jamie, jamie, jamie he knows my name <laughs> all right
1: jason what movie are you thankful for
2: um Man, so I have this list, and since we started talking, I've added like three more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm not I'm not gonna have like five in order. I'll okay. Just try to pick out five, but uh, so I'm gonna say Donnie Darko.
1: You guys familiar? Oh yeah. Okay. yeah. It's one of yeah, it's in my top five. Oh yeah. Cool.
2: Yeah. So that I saw that for the first time in high school, and I think that was kind of my introduction to like movies that just make no fucking sense the first time you see them Mm -hmm. and I I don't know if it's it's probably not still up but at the time there was a website for the movie and you could go and like I mean it was just as much a puzzle as the movie itself and that was really Mm -hmm. cool so I spent I mean I got obsessed with that movie for like weeks you know exploring the website trying to get as deep in there because you had to like get passwords and stuff to unlock different material. Yeah. And then, yeah, later, you know, they had the director's cut that came out that had kind of a lot of those extra pieces that help you, you know, solve the puzzle, figure out exactly what's going on. So, yeah, I, I'm i thankful for that movie because it kind of opened my eyes to, like, a different type of movie where you kind of need to, well, you absolutely need to watch it again to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. You need to do a, a little bit of research and, like, Oh, one of those movies that you can just get obsessed with, you know?
4: hmm So, yeah. Mulder told me about that movie in college, and it was on... It
1: was on, on Demand for free. Uh,
4: Comcast, Comcast or, or something. Charters On Demand or whatever, yeah. No. The, uh I watched that movie three times, I think, within one weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fucking
1: loved Donnie Darko. hmm Yeah. All right. Moving on to number four from 1983... Octopussy. <laughs> Octopussy was the first Bond movie I ever saw. I was probably four or five at the time. And if you, for those of you who haven't seen Octopussy, I mean, everyone knows, even if you haven't watched James Bond movies, you know what James Bond is. Um, beginning of Octopussy, it starts with a clown running through the woods being chased by men with knives. These are circus folk that are like knife throwers. And then they kill the clown. The clown is an undercover Double O British agent who's murdered. So yeah, you see a clown get murdered in the opening scene of the movie in the woods. And You're like, what the fuck is going on? It's pretty, pretty much five. the best opener possible. <laughs> <to> a <movie>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a little four or five year old me is like, what the fuck? You know, I'm asking questions constantly. But I, I said Octopussy because I mean, I'm a huge James Bond fan. Love every one of them. Even the well, Die Another Day is a topic for another day but anyways the reason i love bond movies so much is i mean growing up you know you, most people get into them because their dad was into them which is the case for me but obviously you know you, action movies growing up when you're a little boy you know that's it's like the bee's knees the like action movies are like your favorite movies growing up or comedies but it's kind of grown with like even the newer ones like yeah i still love the action i still love the excitement but Going through all the Bond movies, you can learn an infinite amount about both history of filmmaking and history of the world, pretty much. Because you learn so much about how movies are made from the early 60s to now. There's great time capsules, every one of them. You get to see what was going on at the time, trends. Um, like the first five Bond movies, I'd say, were kind of trend setters. It was like the first of its kind, like, action adventure type films you know so people started copying that but then ever i guess in the late connery movies they started to copy or try to tap into what was i guess going on in the national zeitgeist at the time they would take popular things and put them in the movies try and get people As you've talked before you're like you know they, so they just copy other movies like what's going on here um yeah they would copy other movies and just put in like things that were popular at the time Like The Spy Who Loved Me, uh, 77, towards the end, James Bond is on a a jet ski because that was like the first year jet skis were out. I think they come out like maybe the year prior, but that was like, I mean, you look at it, it's laughable how goofy this jet ski looks, but it was like, that was like the end thing at the time. Like, oh, look at this new machine that we've created. It's called a jet ski and you can, it's like a motorcycle for water. (laughs) They really are.
2: (laughs) Have you guys been in jet skis? Those yeah. things are so much
4: fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: no argument here.
4: Um, I always wanted to ride one of those stand-up jet skis. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like in uh, – what was that game? N64 yep. Wave? That's why wave, I wanted wave to. Wave Runner? <laughs> or yeah. Is nah. it Wave
1: Runner? It's a Wave something. But I, I think Wave Runner was the arcade game, know. and then there was some sort of N64. You hit the big jumps, and then you land. And then there wow. was that
2: cheat, like – I forgot what you had to do. I think you had to beat the whole game and then you could unlock the thing where you're riding a dolphin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I remember cool. that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I get to say the James Bond movies have just taught me kind of so much about how movies are made. And then basically everyone, every one of them is a time capsule from whatever year it came out. Um, things that are in the news. You know, just like the, in the 80s, Bond movies, pretty much all the bad guys are Russians or are affiliated with the Russians, you know, which went with a lot of 80s movies at the time. But, um, yeah. That's a cool idea. Yeah, a big love really fest with James Bond.
2: Yeah, I never thought of that time capsule idea, but that, that is interesting to think about. Yeah, I mean,
1: you have to kind of go through all of them, and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is in the, the movie because this was popular at the time, or this was in the news at the time.
2: Yeah, and they would have, like, the coolest new cars. Mm-hmm. You remember, mm-hmm. which one was it that had the BMW Z8? Uh, one of the Pierce Brosnan car. ones. Yeah, uh, it was definitely Pierce Brosnan.
1: GoldenEye or uh, Tomorrow Never Dies.
2: I think it might have been one of those Tomorrow two. Never Dies, but then they sliced that car in half. It's so sad.
1: Oh, they slice that one's in that's World's Not Enough. Oh. And they slice in half. But those yeah. The helicopter with the with saws a giant on it? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: World's
1: cool Not car. Enough. See, Brett, he doesn't like the James Bond movies, which is fine, but uh, Jones and I have talked in the past about doing a series of episodes on... James Bond movies. I mean, we've done one. We did the Blaxploitation. We did Live and Let yeah. Die because it's a Black Exploitation movie.
3: Yeah. That's the one that I've seen, and I didn't want to do that episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said you kind of liked it. It, but was, it was a good movie. It was a pretty episode. good uh, movie, but I just didn't feel like doing an episode. Either. I I've,
4: mm-hmm. I didn't grow up a big James Bond fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, for some reason, didn't give a shit about him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, I knew it I didn't either. I, didn't. I still I, don't. I mm-hmm. still am like, I'm not like dying to see the next one. Yeah never like I just don't get I started to appreciate him more when you started to talk about the time thing because I love movies especially series that reflect the time mm-hmm. and you can literally watch it and see like that point in history I enjoy that that's why I like doing the series on James Bond would be mm-hmm. cool talk about pop culture
1: yeah how it relates to history yeah, and like pop culture events, and
4: whatever shit like that and then yeah that made me appreciate him more but
1: yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah that's so my here, n- number four were your dads into James Bond?
4: No. No. Maybe my that's dad. that's the thing. My, Sorry. No, go ahead.
2: Eric, like you said, you got into it because your dad was into it. Mm-hmm. My dad was into those too, and All that's right. why I started watching them. And <laughs> I haven't seen the last few new ones, but. Oh, really? Yeah, there
4: was a time when I got pretty really damn good. My dad liked Hamburger Hill, <laughs> Young Guns, <laughs> and then I think just porn. <laughs> 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 he, he couldn't make it through a movie nowadays. I've like there are very few movies I've seen him actually stay awake through the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Military stuff, shooting, and then well, if you got boobs in it, he'll like, I'll watch it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, Jones, what's your four banger?
4: Four banger. Uh nineteen sixties Psycho. Ooh. So we've all seen Psycho? The original one? Yeah. All right. Uh so Psycho. It was my number four because I didn't see Psycho until I was about 20 years old. And I saw it on AMC over Halloween weekend, or around Halloween, at the UVT's. And it was the first black and white movie, probably, that I had seen and went, holy shit. Like, that's still relevant and it's still still creepy as shit. Um, The filming, everything about it, I was like... I was super surprised how much I enjoyed it from like start to finish, especially the ending scene where he busts into the cellar and he's dressed up as the mom and shit like that scared the shit out of me. I remember sitting in the UVTs and it was like getting dusk out. I was surprised how into the movie I got but because I didn't grow up watching many black and white movies. I think I don't know how many had seen up to that point, but I was like, I just didn't think they would be that relevant or worthwhile anymore um, until I saw Psycho essentially. So, that one made me appreciate those. I watch Psycho probably every year, at least.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's I'd say yeah, about the same for me. Yeah. All
3: right. Brett, you're number four. Number four, Grindhouse. Mm. The double feature. Death Proof and uh, Planet both? Terror. So, both movies? Well, it came out as a single film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I, I'm thankful for that. It, it introduced me to the Grindhouse genre, because I'd never really seen anything like that before those movies came out, uh, and also, it it seems to have, have inspired a whole new generation of Grindhouse movies and TV shows, uh, which I've really come to like. Uh, yeah, it seems
1: like, usually, a, we'll talk at work about some movie you saw, and like, yeah. Every other week it's like you watch another like kind of grindhouse type film. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, you know, he just really loved the those. I didn't know it came from actually watching grindhouse."
3: Yeah, cuz like before that I didn't really like I never even heard of grindhouse. I didn't even know what it was. But like, you know, from that it came, you know, Hobo with a shotgun came out. And then like just this past year they had a uh, show on Sci-Fi called Blood Drive, which was pretty sweet. And I, you know, all that kind of started up after that Grindhouse double feature came out. Uh, So I'm really happy about that. Uh, And then, you know, inspiring me to go back and watch a lot more of those exploitation films from the Mm -hmm. seventies. So really happy that that happened. Yeah. Jason, you're up. All right. Well, I am
2: going to continue with the weird movies. Um, I'm going to say Mulholland Drive. Okay, because uh, that was my introduction to David Lynch. That's one reason I'm thankful for that movie because David Lynch is awesome, and that's another one of those movies that I like because it really does a great job of putting you in a certain mood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially like uh, the silencio scene yep. in the theater. Jones will I, just bust that out like silencio. randomly. <laughs> <Silencio>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So. So what's that movie about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's what I was looking for. That's what I was gonna say. Is that I had absolutely no clue what was going on during that mm-hmm. scene, but I loved it. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to know what's going on in a David Lynch film to just get a certain feeling from it, you know, and be like, mm-hmm. I I like this. And I like the puzzle of it too. So in the D V D of that, there was a little slip in there with like all these bullet points. And I read that the studio made David Lynch put that in the D V D to like help people figure out what the hell was going on. And be like, you, you can't just release this movie and like, you know, no one will understand mm-hmm. anything. You need to give them clues. So it's just like a list of twenty clues As to what, you know, the plot is actually.
1: Yeah, I don't know if my DVD had that. I mean, I have it on blue right now, but my DVD, I don't think it had that, but I remember. I have to look. I remember there weren't (laughs) any chapters. You cannot skip chapters. I didn't notice that. Because Lynch, that was one thing that he got, said, I'm not going to let chapters be on this film. You're going to have to watch from beginning to end. You could fast forward if you want, but you couldn't skip chapters. Hmm. Because it's. Because he thought it would, you know, it would be better for the viewing experience if you weren't allowed to skip around. Yeah. But yeah, that was like one thing he got over the studio. Like, no, you can't fucking put chapters in there. That's cool. I totally Mm -hmm. respect that. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the
2: things I love about David Lynch is that, like, he, you know, he just has this vision in his head and he gets it out there. And I mean, there's not a lot of stuff in like modern media that's so out there. And, you know, creative and weird. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you watch the new Twin Peaks?
2: Uh, I haven't. I've been looking for a place to watch it.
1: Okay, it comes out on, you know, Blu-ray DVD pretty soon, like within the next month.
3: Hmm. Maybe you should subscribe to Showtime.
1: <clears throat>
3: Maybe. Because that
1: would be No, what be you got to do is just do one of those watch free 30-day trials. Like if you do Showtime anytime, I'm sure they'll give you a free 15, 30 days. Probably. Yeah. Knock it out in a month. Yeah, There you go. try that. I'd just say it's a little different than the Uh, first series.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm super curious how different it is. because
3: They might put it on Netflix, too, because I think a lot of Showtime series go on Netflix. Yeah. I have to wait a while for that, though. I'm sure. Probably a few more months, at least. All right.
1: So, yeah, David Lynch, he's the man. Mm -hmm. My number three... We're going 1962. Jules and Jim. Or, as the French say, Jules et Jim. Jules et Jim? Jules. Jules?
4: Jules and Jim.
1: Don't fucking Jimmy me, Jules. <laughs> which is actually where that line came from in Pulp Fiction. If you didn't know that. From Jules and Jim. Uh, directed by Francois Truffaut. Um, this was, so, I think freshman year of college. I like think second semester I took a film class and it was the theme of it was great directors. Like they pick one director and you spend the whole semester on that director. And they listed a few, like when you signed up for the class, like they listed like, yeah, it could be Scorsese or there was like a couple other directors I didn't recognize. it's saw Scorsese and I was like, even if it's not, I'm like, well, I'm just, you know, watching movies. Cause this is before I actually went back and got, actual film studies degree but the director chosen was francois truffaut who at the time you know i'm from you know bumfuck nowhere west central minnesota uh, our movie theater is had three screens and we didn't even necessarily get all the big movies in town like i remember because i worked at that theater and we got kill bill volume one didn't get volume two so <laughs> <laughs> it was just like hit and miss if you were going to get like a a movie you're interested in. even I mean, I know those weren't huge blockbuster hits, but like first one did well enough where you're like, what well, you think this would get? We'd play the second one. Like, I had to drive yeah. to Wilbur, go to the candy ball, watch it. Yeah. And so obviously I was not really exposed to international film at all, uh, you know, foreign films at all, reading subtitles. That's pretty foreign to me, if you will, uh, growing up. <laughs> because, yeah, mm. Nothing streaming, um, didn't have a lot of, You know, some cable channels, but nothing's really showing foreign films on there. So, you know, at the time, I'm kind of like, I don't want to, you know, looking at the when I got the. I guess my schedule is where they named the class and I found out, oh, I was like, who's this Francis Truffaut? What is this? Who's this guy? And I was like, they're like, no, you're an idiot. It's Francois Truffaut. They're they're French. Just listen. (laughs) Yo, this is America. <laughs> 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 and even starting out, you know, we started out with the 400 Blows, which is maybe what he's most famous for. I mean, we we talked, we studied the whole French New Wave or Nouvelle Vague, um, and 400 Blows. Like, I don't think I fell asleep, but I wasn't really that into it. I mean, I am now, but um, at the time, even like getting through some of the movies in this class was pretty hard for me fell asleep for some of them and that's been my biggest regret because over the years i've learned so much just from that one class alone but i took subsequent international film classes after that um but at the time you know right when i was watching it like "Eh, i don't know like this doesn't really mean much to me it's old it's black and white it's reading subtitles you know i don't really give a shit you know but this is uh, jules and jim was the first one I watched in that class or it ended. And I was like, really made me think about it. You know what? There might be something to this, 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 this international cinema. They might have something going outside the U (laughs) S. So I think it mostly for, I mean, that class in general, because it kind of opened up my eyes to, Hey, you know, the Americans aren't always the best at everything, (laughs) (laughs) especially film. Well, I mean, we kind of are, but no, (laughs) no, we're not. Um, but you know, everyone has their contributions to cinema, not just France, but you know, you get into the you know, Japanese, Korean, German, I mean I could just start naming countries, but um, it kind of opened up my eyes to un American films, put it that way. Nice. Cool.
2: Let me just ask you then, uh, since you mentioned Japanese, I have a Japanese movie on my list. What's your favorite Japanese
0: movie? Mm. Mm-hmm.
4: The Wailing.
1: No, that's technically Korean. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess I don't know because I'd probably prefer more Chinese films, or at least I have more experience with you know like um, John Woo's earlier works and things like that. Okay. Um, fuck, I don't know
0: because when what's you get into Japan, that, yeah, that would be Japanese because that's right? Kurosawa. So yep. yeah,
1: probably I'd say that or Rashomon. Have mm. seen Rashomon?
0: Mm-mm. That's
1: considered, like, maybe Kurosawa's best. It's between that and Seven Samurai, everyone, mm. you know, raves about. Mm. Most of the
2: Japanese movies I've seen are horror movies. Okay. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Korean horror movies. A yeah, few Japanese. Yeah, a those, too. Have you seen a Suicide Club? No, but I've
1: heard of it, I think.
2: That's got a pretty badass opening scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Or A tease,
1: or uh, battle royale. Yeah, I've seen battle royale. Yep. Yeah, like that one. It was like it's like the real Hunger Games. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Are right. they still
3: making an American version of battle royale? I last I heard they were, but because they I thought they announced it like three years ago and it's gone nowhere no. as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Right, Jones. It'll what's probably be rated PG thirteen <laughs> and I'll see <these> shit. <laughs>
1: What's your number three, Jones?
3: Uh,
4: my number three, 1983's Scarface.
3: Ooh. nice. <laughs> That's on my list, too. Is it? Ooh, crossover. 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 That's my number one. Ooh. Is it? It's my number one. Then you lead it off. Oh, man, Scarface. Well, first of all, it's quint- quintessential American Dream, Rags to Riches story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, it's endlessly quotable. It's fucking amazing and it's inspired like every rapper ever. <laughs> <laughs> that was like number one reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like on the way here I probably heard like four or five Scarface lines on my stereo in my car listening to rap music. <laughs> Is that your Scarface playlist? <laughs> no, but I I do have uh I do have the uh the album the uh Inspired by Scarface album. Mm. You guys have that? So just rap songs inspired by Scarface. No, I've heard of it. I don't mm. have it though. I have
1: part of the soundtrack from Scarface. I have
4: it, a but. Scarface album. The rapper <laughs> Scarface.
3: So, uh, yeah, from Ghetto Boys.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know. So yeah, it's it basically inspired, you know, all these other, uh, you know, entertainers uh, and whatnot to, you know, try to achieve their dreams and. Uh, it's inspired a lot of great music. Um, I'm sure it's influenced all kinds of movies and TV shows too. It's been parodied and spoofed mm-hmm. a bunch. Yeah. South Park did a spoof of it, which was pretty fucking great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's just because of Scarface, we got a whole bunch of other great shit.
4: Yeah. I was going to say Scarface, uh, Scarface and Boys in the Hood were my two favorite movies, Pretty much through high school. Mm I had seen shitloads of movies, and for some reason, it's probably the quotable aspect. Oh, uh, yeah. The violence. Scarface (laughs) was like my introduction to gangster movies, though.
1: When they mix the sex and the violence, (laughs) I like it.
4: Uh, Wish I had that sounder. Scarface uh, led to Goodfellas, which Goodfellas I love 10 times more, because I love Goodfellas. but. Mm. I listened to a lot of rap music in high school too, and for the exact same reason. Seeing Scarface yeah. <laughs> made you understand rap music better. Right? It just did. It was fucking hilarious. When I saw Scarface, I went, "Oh shit, they say that that song." Like, I get yeah. it. like it's weird and it's kind of dumb, but it's it was funny as hell. Like mm-hmm. to watch Scar. I watched Scarface a ton. Uh, yeah, it's also it, it ties to the anti-hero genre too. I love the underworld kind of uh crime syndicate rags to riches story too. Yeah, I have, I like kind of that dark side to things because he is a semi anti hero up to a point, even though he fucking knifes somebody
3: <laughs> to get a green card to get a yeah. green
4: card. <laughs> so from the beginning, he's terrible. So there really is nothing to justify it, but you still are kind of rooting through for him the yeah. entire movie, even up till the end. He's fighting off all the other guys because he's a piece of shit. But you still love him for some reason. But He, he doesn't
3: take shit from anybody. Yep. You know, he, you know, he, he's got a moral code. All he got is his balls and his word. Yeah, You know, he ain't killing no fucking kids. <laughs> exactly.
4: No. Right. So he's got morals,
3: dude. <laughs> you know, see,
4: just like fucking Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> there will be blood. What'd he do to that old man who's hitting the daughter? Put him in his fucking place, didn't he? <laughs> And then he took no more hitting no, right. more hitting, no more hitting. And he sat there and drank his fucking whiskey and stared down the old man. I was like, "Guy's awesome. He's a role model."
3: Like, you
2: see the appeal to that. So I hate to keep mentioning TV shows, but did you see Narcos?
4: No, I want
2: to. Oh, it's it's uh, pretty great. I mean, a lot of you know similar stuff, but this one's like, you know, a true story. Yeah. And I thought mm-hmm. they they stayed pretty true to the real story too. There were there were things that happened in that show where I was like. This can't be real. Like this is just too insane.
1: And then I look it up on Wikipedia, and I'm like,
2: that's pretty much exactly how yeah. it happened. <laughs> At least
1: somebody says it happened. That typed it into Wikipedia, right? <laughs> and,
2: you know, they got
4: pretty good people editing that stuff. Did it there's, say there's citations? Did it say yeah, citation needed next to it? <laughs> <laughs> but Scarface, I mean, as I got older, had, when I was younger, Scarface was like, "Well, this is ridiculous. I love it for all the reasons I just said." Yeah, but. When I got older and I started to watch like Cocaine Cowboys, the documentary, or you know, started studying criminal justice shit and stuff, it was like, and then I actually researched like the drug cartels in Miami and all the cocaine like crime that was going on. It was like Scarface, although it's ridiculous, is pretty accurate. Yeah, the way they talk about how shit was going in Miami because mm-hmm. so much was coming through there. Um, super interesting and it's mm-hmm. hilarious. Oh, it's, it's quotable, amazing. but there's so Al
0: Pacino many, is the best.
4: There's so many oh parts God. in there that I still laugh. My hey, ass.
3: Pelican, <laughs> come on, Pelican. <laughs> I love,
4: I, I love when he's in the car dealership, and Michelle Pfeiffer gets out and walks in front of the car, and he's like,
3: "Hey, hey, I'm driving here." Huh, <laughs> you don't, you don't like it? It's a Cadillac. It's a cream puff. <laughs> bubblehead, bubblehead. I gotta say, it probably inspired Mike Tyson to buy a tiger, though. No fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still kind of want a tiger. That would be pretty fucking sweet. (laughs) Who doesn't? All right, let's go to Brett's. So that was your three and my number one. So now you just do your three. So my number three is A Clockwork Orange. Nice. Uh, So it's a pretty sweet movie. Another anti-hero movie. That's That's my number one. Where you, uh, you know. You You sympathize with this terrible person. He's objectively a bad guy. He's a rapist, but he's like, a droog, dude. That's a droog. <laughs> but <laughs> but he's so charismatic, like you can't help but but you know love him. You know, you want to talk about it too since it's yeah. your number one. He, he got the shirt on. Hey, is that <laughs> why you're? He's got the book shirt. Dude's got a shirt on. He's got he's got the shirt for the book. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, but Anthony Burgess, dude. Yeah. You're,
4: have you read the book?
3: I have not. <laughs> I bought
4: it a couple months ago. I haven't read it yet. Yeah.
1: Um, so, Orange is number one on my list. Um, I mean, I'm a big... Kubrick and Tarantino are my two favorite filmmakers. Um, this is probably my favorite Kubrick. The reason I love it so much and it's number one on my list is because kind of the ending. And now, at the end of the movie, I mean, it's not really a spoiler because it came out in 1971, but... Um, at the end of the film, the main character Alex Delarge is in the hospital recovering from trying to kill himself. Basically, yeah. The last half of the movie, or I should say, the first half of the movie, so, him and his droog buddies. Yeah, so do they get but, their kicks.
3: Yeah. You know, you know, fucking with people, ultra violence, a little bit of the old in and outs. Yeah, raping, pillaging, <laughs> doing whatever the fuck they want, and uh, heinous yeah, acts. He accidentally
1: kills somebody. Yeah. Well accidentally and with a giant penis yeah.
0: <laughs> he also but, made
4: i saw i, that I saw clark clockwork orange before i ever saw singing in the rain mm-hmm. oh yeah anytime <laughs> I, yeah. I literally just think of
3: this yeah <laughs> i don't yeah. even think about the musical but so he's in prison and then uh, he gets offered the opportunity uh opportunity to uh partake in this experimental treatment to curb his desires for sex and violence, and there are some unintended side effects which lead him to try to kill himself.
1: Yeah, basically, the second half of the film, the acts that he, you know, perpetuated on people in the first half of the film are actually carried out on him, at yeah. least to a certain degree in the second half.
3: And he can't defend himself because he gets physically ill mm-hmm. when he thinks about you know acts of sex and violence. And that was the deterrent to keep him like in line so that he could rejoin society. It's kind of, it's a film about crime
1: and punishment. And I love the ending so much because there isn't a wrong or right answer. Because at the very end of the film, since he's, he's it looks like there's a lawyer there, he's going to get a big settlement. <laughs> he's going to get a big settlement. And uh, it looks like they're going to cure him of his sickness he's not going to get ill anymore when he sees nudity or yeah. wants to act violently so basically he's going to go back to being what he was in the first part of the movie yeah now one person could say that's not right you know he deserves this penalty or he deserves to be in jail the rest of his life for what he's done in right. the first half of the movie and you could also say well the same thing that he did was enacted upon him throughout the second half of the movie and is yeah. that fair or not so I mean there's a flip side of the coin Um, you know both answers are right both answers are wrong it doesn't matter Um, it's just something to think about and I'm always kind of like that I've always thought about the flip side of the coin a lot of times I have trouble making decisions because I'm like well it could be this or it could be this Mm -hmm. I mean a lot of people have problems with that but um, especially with those tend to be the films I like the most where it's open ended not necessarily I mean some of them some directors will leave movies kind of open ended to the point where you make your own ending up, kind of in your head yeah. um, when you leave the film. Well, at least this one is straight up; it ends, and you're left to think: Do you agree with it or not? And it doesn't really matter if you do, or I mean, it's not right or wrong if you agree with it or not. It's just very—it's fascinating stuff to think about and like philosophy and whatnot.
3: Yeah. One of the things I like too is like. He's inherently violent and sexual, and they try to change, you know, his inherent nature. And it kind of makes you think, you know, is that okay to do that uh, in order to, you know, keep society, you know, safe and whatnot mm-hmm. and in control, keep, keep or... him controlled and in line, even though you're, you know, going against what his natural instincts are and are suppressing those natural instincts is that okay uh for the good of the you know greater whole whereas it's you know it's hurting him personally is it okay to hurt somebody personally for the greater good
1: yeah it's it's a process that people most people i think would agree is inhumane yeah uh cruel and unusual punishment comes to mind maybe possibly i mean this is you know it was in the uk where Clockwork orange takes place but yeah um in yeah the, it's in the near future and Sorry. there isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer and that's kind of what i like most about some of the great films throughout time i guess a lot of my favorites kind of have a there isn't a wrong answer type of
3: resolution at the end right if you haven't seen it go see it mm-hmm. yeah it's the top three all time yeah no. for me
2: just based on what you just said about you know introducing ideas that don't really have a clear answer mm-hmm black mirror man i think mm-hmm. i really like black mirror every episode is that mm-hmm. um anyway you check that out. my turn for a movie huh <laughs> 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 all right i'm gonna change directions a little here i'm gonna say gremlins
1: gremlins yep i got a blu-ray copy in the
2: back that is autographed no. by zach galligan so
1: that's pretty awesome
2: <laughs> um well so one that was the first time i saw phoebe cates
0: mm. that's
2: all i'm gonna say about that, <laughs>
3: Who's that? It was that so cates.
1: right after yeah. that you immediately went and rented fast times <laughs> <laughs> and then you broke the tape <laughs> yes. something like that um
2: I don't know. There's also there's just something about that movie. Like I, I was never really into '80s movies. Like a lot of them seem kind of slow compared to you know modern day stuff. But I saw that movie in probably like middle school or something. There's just something about it. Like I kept going back to it over and over again. I mean everybody loves Gizmo. You know, it's just classic. Oh, uh, the really bar sure scene. Exactly
4: what about it is? Bar scene is one of my all time favorites. Where they take over the bar. The gremlins, oh, yeah. And then the, the ones in the the raincoat, and he's flashing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like, God, they learn quick with those on, apparently.
0: <laughs>
4: so much detail. They're all drinking beer. It's like, since when do these little fuckers drink beer? <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Let's get to my number two. And uh, I guess I'm done with this. Jones, you can just do your two and one. And, Brett, you can do your two since you've already done your one. Yeah. And then you can rattle, You can just ramble on for a while. I'm good Another two, three, four, five. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two from 1994, Natural Born Killers, which is almost like me being such a huge Quentin fan, That's almost sacrilegious yeah, if you get say. into the Quentin aspect of it. Because Quentin – doesn't hate any movies except for this one. I've see, I've heard an interview with him where he says, like, it's really hard for him to actually dislike a movie because it's something that somebody put a lot of work in and something that, you know, is it's art, it's, it's creation, it's something to be admired and whatnot. But he fucking hates natural-born killers. <laughs> and I can see his reasoning. Um, I could tell, you know, Oliver Stone took a screenplay and just kind of tore it the fuck up and just did whatever he wanted with it. But... I think the resulting film is still a masterpiece. Still an amazing movie. Yeah, and the reason I have a number two on my list is because I saw when I was about fourteen, um, right around the year two thousand or so. I think I had it was on like I think we had like a free month or free weekend of like one of the, some of the movie channels, and they were playing it at like one in the morning. So like, I went to bed at like twelve or twelve thirty. And like put in a tape, you know, hit record mm-hmm. and then watched it like the next day or something. And I was completely blown away because, um, you know, of course, the violence and whatnot. It was the first movie I saw, I guess, that was at the end. It ended up being different than it actually presented itself as. Whereas the whole film is violence. It's like Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Except they're killing dozens and dozens of people and getting joy from it. People in the movie are treating them like antiheroes, or just heroes in general. People love these serial killers, and it's a crazy fucking movie. And um, there was an interview on the movie channel, like before the movie or right after the movie, that I also recorded, so I got to see Oliver Stone talk about it a little bit and helped explain it, whatnot. But you get to that final scene, and it's it's kind of a close up of a television. And it's changing channels, and it's showing different. It goes from like the O.J. trial to the Menendez brothers, and like Nancy Kerrigan, because people who, I guess, because it was a controversial movie at the time, it was blamed for dozens of murders, and Oliver Stone was sued in court. He won, obviously, but people think, you know, it glorifies violence when the whole movie is actually anti-violence. It portrays it in such an ugly way that. I mean, by the end of it, you can tell that he's the point he's trying to make is how the media, at least in this country, glorifies violence. Yeah. Um, especially 14 years years old. I wasn't that great at reading into films, you know, like oh, this is a, a symbolism or this is a certain theme they're tackling. You know, I didn't know much about that shit. So when I saw that final scene, I was like, something triggered in my head. I can't quite put my finger on it, but. I think this whole movie just fucking changed, like, in my head. And I saw the interview, and Oliver Stone was explaining some of it. But it was like, the whole movie presents itself as one way, but then you find out at the end it's actually presenting itself in, an, in the opposite way, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of taught me to look into movies more. Hmm. So it kind of got me on the path of... It was like, this movie, in American Beauty, was another big one. Around the same time, mm, yeah. Where at the end I was kind of blown away, and American Beauty was like my favorite movie for years and years. Um, but the main thing with American Beauty is look closer. Yeah. Especially indeed. if it's a fourteen-year-old boy. No. That's 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 American Beauty 2017 edition. Yeah. Or 1980s oh. edition, if that's what you want to play, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it really. Natural Born Killers taught me to that movies are not always what they seem. Yeah, I remember it was too weird for me the first time I watched
4: it. Mm-hmm.
1: I just wasn't into it. Uh, I probably still wouldn't have gotten it had I not seen that interview with Oliver Stone yeah. after it.
4: So I was going to say, I never saw, I saw the movie and I was like, it's all right. I kind of get what it's doing, but it was, it just didn't do it. I remember thinking like, yeah, hey, it didn't do it for me. And I think I watched it like, I don't know, a couple of years later and then, Start to click. I I like it a lot now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I, I
3: love that movie. <clears throat> I like how it used all like a thousand different film styles. Mm-hmm. Even put in animation. Yeah, found footage. Oh my god! This the I love Mallory scene is fucking amazing. <laughs> Where they introduce Mallory's family.
4: And I always forget Robert Downey Jr. is in it. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Gale. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs>
3: It's probably his best acting role, huh? He's all one of up em. during Easter. Sure. Th- that and Tropic Thunder were his best <laughs> <laughs> acting well. roles. Jones, you want to just do your two and one?
4: Then? Sure. Okay. Uh, so number two, 1978, Halloween. Uh, everybody seen Halloween? Uh, Halloween was the first horror movie I saw as a kid. It was one of my mom's favorite movies. Uh it is as good as it was then as it is now. To me, it's the same thing with Psycho. It's, I watch it probably every single year. if not, I probably watch it once or twice every Halloween, at least part of it uh, twice. Um, I just I, the music was the biggest thing at first because I remember watching Halloween and then liking it when I was a kid. And not many other kids watched it then because they probably shouldn't be uh you're like where is there a piano i can go to right now <laughs> well that's the thing and then when we started having junior high dances uh the halloween <laughs> junior high dance both years seventh and eighth grade they ended it with the theme from halloween and me and enderly guy me Mulder knows lost our shit <laughs> Cause like, fucking halloween theme because we love the movie so much mm-hmm. uh no it was awesome and it only got better especially when i saw psycho in uh college and i went Oh, that's her mom. That's Janet e <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis. It was like, that's fucking badass. But no, Halloween just, I don't know, kind of resonated. I remember renting all the Halloween movies on VHS from Premiere Video and Wilmer, just a stack of them, and sitting in my bedroom on the little 10 inch VCR combo and watching it all day. Pumped <laughs> <laughs> it in, then, you know, the rest are dog shit. But, uh,. No, it was awesome. Um, number one is 1994's Pulp Fiction. Uh, big surprise. Big fucking surprise. <laughs> uh-huh. Pulp Fiction was the game changer in college. I didn't see Pulp Fiction until I got to college, and Mulder showed it to me on his shitty PS2 <laughs> that kept freezing. Uh, is
1: that the, the first. PS2
4: uh, that was PS2. Could have been 3.6.
1: Yeah, kept- Both your game councils with the shit. <laughs> yeah, it kept on uh freezing for yeah. like a few seconds at a time, and then it would start, keep going. Uh, The first time I watched it, it kept
4: freezing, and then it would start again, and then it would freeze. And even after that, uh, I think we rewatched it on something else the, the very next day. Because I fucking loved Pulp Fiction so much the first time I saw it even though the experience sucked ass. Mm. Um, The dialogue, it was the first time a movie, I watched a movie and just based off pure dialogue, I could get through the whole, like I was on the edge of my seat just because of dialogue. It wasn't even the violence in any of it. It was all the conversations that were going on that I was like, this movie fucking just blew my mind. How good the back and forth between all the characters were. Um, and then the more and more I saw it, it just, it gets better every time. And I've seen it, I don't know how many hundreds of times, probably now. Uh, but I fucking love Pulp Fiction.
2: I'm with you. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of Tarantino's best, I mean the best thing about his movies is that the characters are so organic and, like, mm-hmm. he, he builds up this character where you just you just get dropped in there and it's like you're seeing this person act how they act you know yep. there's no like long exposition kind of explaining you know they walk down the stairs and hey mom hey dad and it's like well yep. it just drops you in there but they're so
4: rounded out really quickly even just because the the dialogue is so perfect yeah the detail he has in all of his characters and settings and stuff in that movie is just so and i get it at the time i didn't realize i mean he's he built the universe because then he plugs them into everything else from uh, Jackrabbit Slims to Big Kahuna Burger. Uh, what's, the, uh, what's the cigarettes, Mulder? Apples. apples cigarettes, red, cigarettes, red, red, red apples. Yeah, Like apple. those, like all that shit. Like it's just so good. And like you said, there's no buildup. Like the opening scene, uh, Honey Bunny and whatever, like the interaction they have with the waitress calling her garçon. I remember that little dynamic. And then – like the fuck it was like what the fuck is going on (laughs) this is amazing (laughs) it's like this is the shit uh not to mention the sound the soundtrack in it is awesome too which Mm he how he kills it on but it was the first time i experienced tarantino i had seen reservoir dogs before that and i loved reservoir dogs but it didn't blow me away like pulp fiction did Mm -hmm. pulp fiction totally changed how i watch movies probably from that day all right
3: well what your number two My number watched? two is Reservoir Dogs.
0: Nice. <laughs> 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 kinda up.
3: kinda for the same reason. You yeah. know, it's it was one of those movies where, you know, it's all dialogue. Uh it's a heist movie where they don't show the heist. Uh so it's all, you know, the lead up to it and the aftermath of the heist. And he did it in such a great way where like you care about these characters and it's so uh you know, uh like suspenseful finding out like who's the rat, like who who set them up, uh without actually seeing, you know, the setup or anything like that. Well I guess they have a flashback to that, but uh you know, and and also because it was Quentin's first movie, you know, and it was really good and it let him continue his career and build on that. Mm-hmm. Uh and also it's it's my favorite movie. So uh, the diner
4: scene is probably one of my favorite scenes. Oh my god. Where they talk even in the intro where they talk about Madonna. Dick, the dick, tipping dick, part dick, is dick, so dick, fucking dick. good. <laughs> it's just so good. It's uh anytime I've attempted to write a screenplay uh, I immediately go, God, I can never fucking write as good as that. Right? <laughs> like,
3: it's just. Oh, my God.
1: That's talented. It's hey. deflating, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, God.
4: And Chris, I texted you the one you time. Bother? I was watching that, or and then also the Coen brothers watching that. And I, I think I texted you. I was like, fucking A, I wish I could write dialogue. <laughs> like, <laughs> God.
3: Well, Chris Penn as uh, Nice Guy Eddie is one of my favorites of all time, too. Just, just the sh- character? Fucking love Nice Guy Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I got to look. A lot of good lines. If you beat him bad enough, he'll tell you who started the goddamn Chicago Fire, but that doesn't make it necessarily fucking so. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Michael Madsen and the ear-cutting part. So I saw Reservoir Dogs when I was probably junior high-ish, maybe mm-hmm. sixth grade, and I remember watching the ear-cutting part uh with the music and it was like this is fucking nuts <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and he's so good and he's like he's like crying and begging and he's like All right, are you finishing <laughs> <sure you're done?" laughs> he cuts it off he's like hello <laughs> like
3: can you hear me can you hear dark me?
4: humor in almost every movie i pick yeah. is <laughs> telling of something
3: <laughs> dark underbelly yeah uh, it's just great you know from start to finish just amazing stuff. I also like the line, uh, you know, now out of the fucking blue, he's gonna turn on us or whatever the you know, because he was saying Mr. Blonde yeah. was gonna fucking ambush uh, out of the fucking blue, <laughs> to rip us off. This man who gave three years of his life just decides <laughs> out of the fucking
0: blue <laughs>
3: hmm. Uh, he always had that cell phone with him that was <laughs> zach morris cell phone <laughs> it was a great uh track suit oh man r.i.p chris penn <laughs> uh
4: i went trick-or-treating on halloween uh as men in black i do <laughs> the fuck men in black came out 97 <laughs> yeah uh, and i went to somebody's door and because nobody is all, it was like right around the time I moved to Minnesota, so nobody, uh, I didn't have any friends to go with, so I was just <laughs> trick or treating by myself. So my mom was dropping me off, and I went up to a door, and the guy's like, "Oh, like Reservoir Dogs?" <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I was awesome. like, "What? No, I don't."
1: Your little like fucking nine year
3: old kid. Back of my reservoir head, I, dogs, right?
4: Back of my head, I was like. <laughs> What is Reservoir Dog? I should probably see Reservoir Dogs. You could <laughs> probably
3: pull off a nice guy Eddie. You know, you yeah. probably pull that off. The
4: tracksuit. Track suit. Yep. Yeah. All right, Jason. I hope when they wrestle in the office too. Oh my god! <laughs> Fucking grown men. Did you see that, Daddy?
0: <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> he tried. He to got fuck me you. on the floor and he tried to fuck me <laughs> right here in your office.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, and Jason, you got a,
1: you got a couple more for us?
2: Sure. Uh, so like I said, there's no specific order to these, but got to mention Super Bad. Okay. Just because seeing that in the theater that's probably like the most I've ever laughed in my life. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of towards the beginning of the, I don't know, a certain style of of comedies, you know, the, the like, Judd Apatow era. Yeah, yeah, it was like an early Judd Apatow, and I mean just every joke was just perfect like there were no you know old predictable jokes or like cheesy stuff that you've heard before just everything in there was fresh and freaking hilarious so
4: Probably because the I, I dialogue
1: made it work so well too. Yeah. I was gonna
4: say I, I'd agree with that. I remember one of the first time when I saw Superbad in theaters, it felt like it was the funniest movie I'd ever seen
1: in a movie
0: theater.
4: Yeah, yeah. In my and we life. were like
1: adults when we saw it.
4: Yeah, I remember. I remember watching the opening credits where they're just the silhouettes of them as they're yeah. dancing. And I got a kick out of it. Like, and Mm -hmm. then that opening scene where they're talking about the porn sites and stuff, it was like, this is hilarious. Sorry, the Coen brothers don't direct 10 minutes in. It's like, it's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Every, every
2: moment in there, there's something to get a laugh out of. And And it never
4: dropped off. It worked the entire way through. Right.
2: Right. And the chemistry between those two is just, I mean, they were, it was just perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful for that. Um, the other one I wanted to mention, I already mentioned, uh, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Like I said, kind of into sentimental movies. And as far as movies about love go, I think that was just the best one I've ever seen. Like, it doesn't get cheesy. You know, it's it's really powerful. I think anybody that's been in a relationship that ended, and they watch that movie, like, they're going to feel something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, the it's a great story the way that they tell it is great i, I don't know i just think that's a perfect movie um, uh when i saw yeah.
4: Lobs the lobster i thought of that movie because it was like it's like that love story but then they have like that this you know new technology that you can use that enhance it. it's like a weird element but it still works yeah yeah i loved eternal sunshine
2: all right so that's my five I also have more on the list I could just <laughs> run down. <through. laughs> I don't know, just to mention them. Yeah, we usually we usually
1: do a couple honorable honorable mentions, movies that just didn't quite make the list, but yeah, yeah name yeah. off a couple I mean, of I mean I won't
2: go into, you know, details or anything, but well, I already mentioned these too, Pie, Requiem for a Dream, Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. Um, Hero. Okay. Tarantino brought that one to mm-hmm. the US from what I understand. That was just beautiful. Yep um waiting it was a great comedy
0: mm-hmm. almost oh, well, we've talked Super about bad. that
1: yeah uh, we've discussed that several times and that you don't see waiting on tv anymore <laughs> i think it's because they say fag about 80 times in it yeah and that's, so i don't think it that's like, not true
3: it's been on comedy central a lot comedy central does show it once in a while they show the batwing well they don't yeah, yeah i don't, well, uh, I don't the, think they, they show it on the it's on there but it's not it's obviously it's cut. I up. believe how many homos are working here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in like the
1: current culture, like you can't. That movie couldn't come out this year. It would not be popular.
3: Yeah, because of the way I mean, they it throw it the It would around. get protested. Pretty. Yeah, so they would pretty call it heavily. homophobic and everything. whoever whoever made it would be like blacklisted.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I
3: never thought about that.
1: It's. I still. I have it. I, I think it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Especially yeah. I used to you know work in a kitchen like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's
2: another great thing about it. It was very accurate. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, also got Anchorman. Something was super bad. Um, I already mentioned Lost in Translation, Garden State. You already mentioned American Beauty. You already mentioned Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> um, Introduced
1: like, me to the Pixies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a great use that of that did? song. I I I'd probably heard it before, yeah. but at the end of that movie, I was like. Who sings that fucking song? They inspired Nirvana, dude. <laughs> yeah. I
2: guess
1: I already so mentioned that. So did Courtney Love, ones? so don't to, don't try and toot their <laughs> horn, okay? <laughs> Courtney Love did not inspire Nirvana. So you're telling me Kurt Cobain wasn't inspired well. by Courtney Love? Well,
4: uh,
3: Heartshaped <laughs> Box was.
1: Maybe one song. <laughs> I would not say the band, like, in general. I'm just saying she provided influence at certain moments in Nirvana.
3: They wrote a song about her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a song. <laughs>
1: But she's terrific in People versus Larry Flint. i gotta give her, got to give her credit. Fuck her. <laughs> she <laughs> killed him. No, I have no proof of that. <laughs> um, okay, I guess uh, I already mentioned Interstellar. Um, Boogie Nights is one for me just because it's literally like I might be at my happiest just watching Boogie Nights. I can put it on pretty much any time, and I just enjoy the fuck out of it every time I watch it. But the way it's filmed and the music that goes along with it, the soundtrack, and you feel like you're there's so many different tracking, like long tracking shots, it really kind of puts you right in the movie. Kind of feel like a part of the part of the group, kind of. I mean, it gets kind of dark at the end there, but otherwise, it's just enjoyable as hell. Drive, because um, if, I, if I had the means and the ability to make a film right now, the film I would most compare it to would be Drive. Like, that would be my goal of a film that I would make. It would be most similar to Drive, probably. And then uh, maybe Blazing Saddles was on my list. I knocked it off for Octopussy, uh, mostly because they introduced me to uh, Mel Brooks. And I'm in love with so many different types of comedy. That's just one. I mean, it's a lot of, you know, satire and whatnot, but... um, I saw it at a very young age. I think I saw Blazing Saddles when I was about five or six. (laughs) Which is not the age you watch Blazing Saddles. (laughs) But uh, another movie that couldn't be, couldn't come out today. Yeah.
2: I saw Uh, that movie for the first time when I was like 12 or 13. And as I was watching, I was thinking to myself, I don't think I'm old enough to
1: see this movie. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, especially even with like the racial um, language and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Just like, so many of the jokes you just won't get if you're young, because they're like ripping off Westerns from like the '60s and '50s and even yeah. like before that, and like other movies like of the time, and you're like, "I don't know what the who the fuck is Hedy Lamar?" Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's one of the greatest comedies of all time, and even like I can still get more out of it. The more I watch it. There's more references I'll get because the more films I've seen, the more kind of film history I know about. But yeah, and Inglorious Bastards, because I think I might even like it slightly more than Pulp Fiction. I think it might be Tarantino's best. I love it because I have a, actually I have an analysis on the website you guys can check out um, about how it's kind of a, just a celebration of cinema in general, like the whole film is. But uh, yeah, the honorable mentions. You guys got any?
4: Uh, I got Two that I wrote down and scribbled out. Sixth Sense, hmm. uh, M. Night Shyamalan, back when he was... Well, he's coming back. What a twist. A little bit. Uh, that was the first movie that gave me nightmares for weeks. I had hmm. nightmares, weird nightmares, not even, like, about <laughs> the movie, just, like, shit that I'd wake up, and I was just shitting my pants where I didn't <laughs> want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he got game. I loved basketball as a kid, and... And Spike Lee's He Got Game is right there with Above the Rim and Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved He Got Game because it was—I mean, I liked it partially because there's boobs in it. And it was your go-to jerk-off <laughs> material, like it was mine. But no, it, it was—it was fucking sweet, and it was cool to see a different basketball movie that wasn't kind of corny and whatever. Uh, but yeah, they got—they got the scratch because they didn't have that big of an impact that I like to thank them. But they're good.
3: That's all I got. I didn't really have any, but I'll uh, I'll throw out Norbit (laughs) as my best (laughs) in-theater experience because me and my uh, college roommate were the only ones in the theater, and uh, it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. (laughs) I love it. We laugh so hard. It's an ongoing thing on the show.
4: Have you seen Norbit?
3: No, I haven't. You You know what it is,
1: right? I don't know. I have
2: some vague idea. I only know like two
3: other people who have seen it, and they like it. Uh, Maulder tried to watch it, so mm-hmm. I don't really count him. He oh, couldn't, but he get he, it? he didn't get through it. <laughs> oh, really? Got like an hour in. But everybody oh, that I ask about it I says I that. hate that movie. I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Explain it to me a little bit.
2: I feel like I have some idea about it. So Norbit, know, it.
3: it's Eddie Murphy in three roles, and Norbit was a he was an orphan, and as a child in the orphanage, he had a a partner buddy who was Kate who, uh, as an adult, is played by Tandy Newton. And she gets adopted, but Norbert doesn't because he's ugly and black. and they, <laughs> I don't know. And then uh, Rasputia, who's a large woman, forces Norbert to be her, her uh, boyfriend. And her and her brothers kind of take him in, so he kind of, you know... Becomes dependent. You know, yeah, kind of. And so he marries Rasputia and he's miserable because she treats him like shit. Uh, And then uh, Kate comes back to town, and then he kind of rekindles his love for Kate. And so it's kind of like that. But it's like all fat jokes and domestic violence. So, (laughs) And uh, Eddie and Charlie Murphy wrote it. Uh, Like I said, Eddie Murphy plays Norbit, Raspugia, and Mr. Wong, who runs the orphanage slash Chinese food restaurant. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is in it. He plays, uh, Tandy Newton's fiance. Uh, Terry Crews is Big Blackjack uh, Lattimore. He's Rasputin's brother. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other guys who play her brothers too. Uh, but like it's just one fat joke after another. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it was the first
3: Cat movie. Williams and uh, Eddie Griffin play pimps, former pimps that run a uh, a rib. Uh, joint like a barbecue ribs uh restaurant and then they get back in the pimp game <laughs> <laughs> cool
1: Yeah, it was the first movie that eddie murphy did after dream girls yeah he was nominated it, for for best supporting actor for dream girls and it was like a big career renaissance because he was on the down slope from like the late 90s into the mid 2000s he was getting, you know, his career was waning yeah. and he got a big boost from being nominated, and then the next movie he had came out was Norbit, and it was just yeah. a huge bomb. Okay, and he lost like all his goodwill credit, I guess, after that. And like most Maybe of that's the reviews, the only thing I remember about that movie, most He's of the
3: reviews too, too. were uh, you know, said it was too mean spirited and that you know, there's no redeeming value and shit mm-hmm. like that.
2: This was like what
3: 2007, like, like 07, I think, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I don't know. I'd recommend it to anybody. Yeah. He's recommended about 8 times on the show. <laughs> <I think. laughs> but yeah, it was probably my favorite like in theater experience cuz we had the whole theater to ourselves. We could, you know, talk and, you know, bullshit and laugh as loud as we wanted. I do nobody love cared.
2: That. Yeah. I only go to movies in the morning now. So yeah.
4: It's awesome when there's mm-hmm. nobody around and it's super yeah. cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had so many movies ruined in the past, I don't know how many years. I've ranted the boulder about it. Mm-hmm. How it's, Sam has to drag me to go to a movie that's popular popular, popular and playing like a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah, uh, I, j- I can't stand it because it feels like a waste of money uh, because people suck in theaters. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. are on their phones in theaters or they're talking or loud. Upside is the AMC now has a new Dolby Uh, They have a couple new redesigned theaters in there where the way it's positioned, things are kind of up and away, and there's almost a little type ledge in front. Yeah,
2: they're like tiered. Yeah,
4: Yeah. that uh, we went to, I can't remember what movie we went and saw, Um, but I told her, I go, if we went to a theater like that, I would go to it again. Like mm-hmm. on a Friday or Saturday, because you can't see anybody in front of you, at least for the first, I don't know how many rows. Way ahead, you can maybe see somebody on their phone, but you can only see really the backs of the head, like tops of heads. Yeah. So that might rejuvenate me yeah. caring again.
2: Yeah, I only go to that AMC now that has the leather recliners. Yep. Oh, <laughs> freaking great. And like the, the matinee shows are like five bucks. Yep. Can't beat it.
4: Yep. Not 40. Two people and popcorn to <laughs> a pop. Yeah. Kind of ridiculous.
2: Ugh. Well, the popcorn is still insane. Yep. They used to have three sizes. Now the <laughs> smallest one is like the large.
4: Well, you see, and they're, they're toying around with uh, possibly charging more for guaranteed. This goes back to the Rotten Tomato kind of controversy. Like movies that are better reviewed and more mainstream, they're going to charge more for. Oh, man. And then the ones that are more poorly reviewed, they might charge less for to try to drive people to go see them. So that cool. way, they're not just basing it off of reviews and ratings, yeah, not into it <laughs> no. yeah. I mean, maybe less more obscure ones maybe don't charge as much. I don't know, but yeah, I don't a shitty movie. I'm not still not gonna go see it, <laughs> maybe, but don't charge more for popular ones that are maybe good. charge
3: based on the movie's budget, yeah, do something like that char charge more for Justice League and less for you know some smaller budget film that's probably going to be better yeah well all right well we've gone through a lot today jam-packed episode we're gonna end on norbit <laughs> <laughs> it's your we, takeaway uh, go find norbit watch it
1: anything else you guys want to add not about norbit <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: no no i no that's it
1: all right well jason welcome to the show thank you Maybe we'll be seeing you a lot more of you in the future. uh, Or I should say hearing a lot more of you in the future. Um, Reach out to us. Please subscribe rate and or review on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, Check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. You can email us at WatchThisMovie at Yahoo.com. And follow us on Twitter at watchthis_movie. Other than that, we will check you later.
3: Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are
2: you
0: talking about? Check you later. (laughs) Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you off my case.